Chapter Three of Phantoms of Reality by Ray Cummings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Into the Unknown. We stood in the boarded room, which was Derek's laboratory. Our preparations had been simple. Derek had made them all in advance. There was little left to do. The laboratory was a small room of board walls, board ceiling, and floor, windowless with a single door opening into the cellar of the apartment house. Derek had locked the door after us as we entered. He said, I have sent my manservant away for a week. The people in the house here think I have gone away on a vacation. No one will miss us, Charlie. Not for a time, anyway. No one would miss me, save my employers, and to them I would no doubt be a small loss. We had put out the light in Derek's apartment and locked it carefully after us. The journey. I own that I was trembling and frightened, yet a strange eagerness was on me. The cellar room was comfortably furnished. Rugs were on its floor. Whatever apparatus of a research laboratory had been here was removed now, but the evidence of it remained. Derek's long search for this secret which now he was about to use. A row of board shelves at one side of the room showed where bottles and chemical apparatus had stood. A box of electrical tools and odds and ends of wire still lay discarded in a corner of the room. There was a tank of running water and a gas connection where no doubt Bunsen burners had been. Derek produced his apparatus I sat on a small, low couch against the wall and watched him as he stripped himself of his clothes. Around his waist, he adjusted a wide, flat, wire-woven belt. A small box was fastened to it in the middle of the back, a wide, flat thing of metal, a quarter of an inch thick and curved to fit his body. It was a storage battery of the vibratory current he was using. From the battery, Tiny threads of wire ran up his back to a wire necklace flat against his throat. Other wires extended down his arms to the wrists, still others down his legs to the ankles. A flat electrode was connected to the top of his head like a helmet. I was reminded, as he stood there, of medical charts of the human body with the arterial system outlined. But when he dressed again, and put on his jaunty captain's uniform, only the electrode clamp to his head and the thin wires dangling from it in the back were visible to disclose that there was anything unusual about him. He said smilingly, Don't stare at me like that. I took a grip on myself. This thing was frightening, now that I was actually embarked on it. Derek had explained to me briefly the workings of his apparatus. A vibratory electronic current, for which as yet he had no name, was stored in the small battery. He had said, There's nothing incomprehensible about this, Charlie. It's merely a changing of the vibration rate of the basic substance out of which our bodies are made. Vibration is the governing factor of all states of matter. In its essence, what we call substance is wholly intangible. That is already proven. 
a vortex, a whirlpool of nothingness. It creates a pseudo-substance, which is the only material in the universe. And from this, by vibration, is built the complicated structure of things as we see and feel them to be, all dependent upon vibration. Everything is altered directly as the vibratory rate is changed, from the most tenuous gas to fluids to solids. Throughout all different states of matter, the only fundamental difference is the rate of vibration. I understood the basic principle of this that he was explaining, that now, when this electronic current which he had captured and controlled was applied to our physical body, the vibration rate of every smallest and most minute particle of our physical being was altered. There is so little in the vast scale of natural phenomena of which our human senses are cognizant. Our eyes see the color of the spectrum from red to violet. But a vast invisible world of color lies below the red of the rainbow. Physicists call it the infrared, and beyond the violet, another realm, the ultraviolet. With sound it is the same. Our audible range of sound is very small. There are sounds with too slow a vibratory rate for us to hear, and others too rapid. The differing vibratory rate from most tenuous gas to most substantial solid is all that we can perceive in this physical world of ours, yet of the whole it is so very little. This other realm to which we were now going lay in the higher, more rapid vibratory scale. To us, by comparison, a more tenuous world, a shadow realm. I listened to Derek's words, but my mind was on the practicality of what lay ahead. An explorer, standing upon his ship, may watch his men bending the sails, raising the anchor, but his mind flings out to the journey's end. We were soon ready. Derek wore his jaunty uniform. I wore my ordinary business suit. A magnetic field would be about us, so that in the transition anything in fairly close contact with our bodies was affected by the current. Derek said, I will go first, Charlie. But Derek, a fear greater than the trembling I had felt before, leaped at me. Left here alone, with no one on whom to depend, he spoke with careful casualness, but his eyes were burning me. Just sit there and watch. When I am gone, turn on the current as I showed you and come after me. I'll wait for you. Where, I stammered. He smiled faintly. Here, right here. I'm not going away, not going to move. I'll be here on the couch waiting for you. Terrifying words. He had lowered the couch bending out its short legs until the frame of it rested on the board floor. He drew a chair up before it and seated me. He sat down on the couch. He said, Oh, one other thing. Just before you start, put out the light. We can't tell how long it will be before we return. Terrifying words. His right hand was on his left wrist where the tiny switch was placed. He smiled again. Good luck to us, Charlie. Good luck to us. The open road, the unknown. 
I sat there staring. He was partly in shadow. The room was very silent. Derek lay propped up on one elbow, his hand through the tiny switch. There was a breathless moment. Derek's face was set and white, but no whiter than my own, I was sure. His eyes were fixed on me. I saw him suddenly quiver and twitch a little. I murmured, Derek? At once he spoke to reassure me. I'm all right, Charlie. That was just the first feel of it. There was a faint quivering throb in the room, like a tiny distant dynamo throbbing. The current was surging over Derek. His legs twitched. A moment. The faint throbbing intensified, no louder, but rapid, infinitely more rapid. A tiny throb, an aerial whine, faint as the whirring wings of a hummingbird. It went up the scale, ascending in pitch, until presently it was screaming with an aerial, microscopic voice. But there seemed no change in Derek. His uniform was glowing a trifle, that was all. His face was composed now. He smiled, but did not speak. His eyes roved away from me, as though now he were seeing things that I could not see. Another moment, no change. Why, what was this? I blinked, gasped. There was a change. My gaze was fastened upon Derek's white face. White? It was more than white now. A silver sheen seemed to be coming to his skin. I think no more than a minute had passed. His face was glowing, shimmering. A transparent look was coming to it, a thinness, a sudden unsubstantiality. He dropped his elbow and lay on the couch, stretched at full length at my feet. His eyes were staring. And suddenly I realized that the face that held those staring eyes was erased. A shimmering apparition of Derek was stretched here before me. I could see through it now. Beneath the shimmering, blurred outlines of his body, I could see the solid folds of the couch cover. A ghost of Derek here, an apparition, fading, dissipating. A gossamer outline of him, imponderable, intangible. I leaped to my feet, staring down over him. Derek? The shape of him did not move. Every instant it was more vaporous, more unreal. I thought, he's gone. No, he was still there, a white mist of his form on the couch, melting, dissipating in the light like a fog before sunshine. A wisp of it left, like a breath, and then there was nothing. I sat on the couch. I had put out the light. Around me the room was black. My fingers found the small switch at my wrist. I pressed it across its tiny arc. The first shock was slight, but infinitely strange. A shuddering, twitching sensation ran all over me. It made my head reel, swept the wave of nausea over me, a giddiness, a feeling that I was falling through darkness. I lay on the couch, bracing myself. The current was winding up its tiny scale. I could feel it now, a tiny throbbing, communicating itself to my physical being. And then in a moment I realized that my body was throbbing. The vibration of the current was communicating itself 
to the most minute cells of my body, an indescribable tiny quivering within me, strange, frightening, sickening at first, but the sickness passed, and in a moment I found it almost pleasant. I could see nothing. The room was wholly dark. I lay on my side on the couch, my eyes staring into the blackness around me. I could hear the humming of the current, and then it seemed to fade. Abruptly, I felt a sense of lightness. My body, lying on the couch, pressed less heavily. I gripped my arm. I was solid, substantial as before. I touched the couch. It was the couch which was changing, not I. The couch cover queerly seemed to melt under my hand. The sense of my own lightness grew upon me. A lightness, a freedom, pressed me, as though chains and shackles which all my life had encompassed me were falling away. A wild, queer freedom. I wondered where Derek was. Had I arrived in the other realm? Was he here? I had no idea how much time had passed. A minute or two, perhaps. Or was I still in Derek's laboratory? The darkness was as solid, impenetrable as ever. No, not quite dark. I saw something now, a glowing, misty outline around me. Then I saw that it was not the new, unknown realm, but still Derek's room, a shadowy, spectral room, and the light, which dimly illumined it, was from outside. I lay puzzling, my own situation forgotten for the moment. The light came from overhead, in another room of the apartment house. I stared. Around me now was a dim vista of distance and vague, blurred, misty outlines of the apartment building above me. The shadowy world I had left now lay bare. There was a moment when I thought I could see far away, across a spectral city street. The shadows of the great city were around me. They glowed and then were gone. A hand gripped my arm in a solid grip. Derek's voice sounded. Are you all right? Yes, I murmured. The couch had faded. I was conscious that I had floated or drifted down a few inches to a new level, the level of the cellar floor beneath the couch. Cellar floor? It was not that now. There was something solid here, solid ground and I was lying upon it, with Derek sitting beside me. I murmured again, Yes, I'm all right. My groping hand felt the ground. It was soil, with a growth of vegetation, like a grass sward on it. Were we outdoors? It suddenly seemed so. I could feel soft, warm air on my face, and had a sense of open distance around me. A light was growing, a vague, diffuse light, as though day were swiftly coming upon us. I felt Derek fumbling at my wrist. That's all, Charlie. There was a slight shock. Derek was pulling me up beside him. I found myself on my feet, with light around me. I stood wavering, gripping Derek. It was as though I had closed my eyes, and now they were suddenly open. I was aware of daylight color and movement. A world of normality here, normal to me now, because I was part of it. The realm of the unknown. 
End of chapter 3